With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello once again, everybody. Thank you for joining me here on this Tuesday, April 23rd edition of Bang the Book Radio. A special edition here as we chat with Joe Everett of NFL Draft Bible about the NFL Draft, which starts on Thursday night with the first round. Seven rounds in total here, so plenty of stuff for us to talk about both with the draft itself and also with all the prop betting options that are out there in the marketplace. If you haven't checked out Monday's edition of the Betters Box, please make sure that you do. Lots of MLB, NBA, NHL content over at bangthebook.com on a daily basis to go along with weekly soccer, tennis, golf, UFC, you name it. We've got it over there at bangthebook.com, your one-stop shop for sports betting news and information. As you know, this and every edition of Bang the Book Radio presented by our friends over at DSI Sportsbook. BTB and the number 200 is that promo code. 100% deposit match bonus for the Sportsbook. 100% deposit match bonus for the live casino at BetDSI. It's only a game until you bet it. Good to talk some pigskin here as we bring Joe Everett from NFL Draft Bible on. Joe, how's it going today, man? Going great. Uh, Two and a half days away from uh, when the league presses the reset button. Uh, it's uh, my favorite time of year. So yeah, this week is uh, just uh, bliss. I, I wish I had the whole week off, but uh, I tried to get close to it. Yeah, we got the draft here from Nashville, Tennessee. Anybody going to the draft? It's a great town. Obviously, lots of things to do. And especially if you want to get off Broadway, I've got some good recommendations for that with Santa's Pub. And the listing room is a couple of my favorite places. Hattie B's for fried chicken, distillery for hot chicken pizza. A lot of great places in Nashville if you're heading down for the draft or if yeah, you're going to go check out your team when they play in Nashville later on this year or something like that. Really, really cool town. Should be a great time there for this year's draft. And, Joe, let's talk about this draft overall, and then we'll start getting into where some of these players are slotted and, of course, all the prop betting options that are out there for this thing. I mean, it's almost like the Super Bowl in terms of the number number of props that are posted. But overall, Joe, you've been doing a ton of work on the draft for NFL Draft Bible for a variety of different publications. What are your overall impressions here of the 2019 draft? Well, we've we've got – I mean, the, who rules the roost is the edge rushers. Uh, I always love to look at classes the year before, this current season, and then what's up ahead – and uh, you you look at last year's edge rushers. It's 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 Marcus Davenport and Chubb, and then a bunch of guys. Like well, this year, it is a handful of options in, in different types. Not saying these are all going to be blue chip red winners, but uh, by comparison between uh, last season and this draft season, boy, there's a ton of options. Uh, defensive line is is right up there with them, and uh, for 
I think the first time in a long time there's a real tight end class that is just full of dudes for a change. Uh, the league, I'm not going to say it's terrible with it, but we need some new tight ends to step up and uh, carry the mantle here. Um, I, I wish it were a better linebacker class. Last year was good. There's some great names at the top in the two Devons, but uh, I think there's a bit of a step down there. And then uh, the difficulty with this year, every season teams looking at the answer for quarterback. What We, we need our franchise passer, and it, it's to, to me – there's not always that answer every single year. And if you really have conviction on a guy, then it's, you know, obviously take him. But, like, boy, this this I believe this to be a down quarterback year. It's a so-so running back year. And there's a lot of options. It's a deep wide receiver uh, class, but it's a, it's a bunch of guys with holes in their game at wideout. So, I mean, it, as a group, I mean, if, if you're a team – that really is in need of a pass rusher and you got a bunch of a picks, that, well, now's the time to trade up and go get your man. So that that's good news for those teams. But I'd say, you know, uh, if you're a team that needs a corner, you're a team that needs a quarterback, uh, boy, you're really going to have to shop and be specific and do your investigating. It's, 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 it's tough pickings out there, I, I think, for the passers, the running backs, and, and corners. All right, so as we start breaking down this draft and sort of looking at the way that things might go here, there will be a ton of smoke screens. There will be a ton of chatter over the next two days, probably even while we're recording this and then while I'm you know, editing it and getting it put up here. There's just going to be so much going on, so much talk in the news cycle about the NFL draft. So the juice that we talk about here on today's show probably won't be available. It may have gone down. It may have gone up. It will move a lot. This is a very inefficient market for draft props. A lot of these things are at low limits, and a lot of people, a lot of smarter people out there are definitely capped with how much they can put on these. But these things will move around a ton by the time Thursday night rolls around. And then, of course, we'll see what happens with the rest of the draft here, Joe. As we're recording around lunchtime, Eastern time on Tuesday, Kyler Murray, minus 325 to be the number one pick at five dimes, minus 500 at bet online. Uh, obviously shop around for the best prices that are out there minus 625 at DSI. So that's the biggest number that I'm seeing right now. We're not going to see any surprises with the number one overall pick, are we? Not in my opinion uh, at this point, especially if you've been following the way uh, Kyler's odds ago, they've, uh, they dropped down and now it's just been even more confident. Uh, I, I just find it really hard to believe at this point. Uh, the the one thing that makes you worry a little bit is that there's been little to no movement on the Josh Rosen front. But looking at that, I I, I think that's a situation where they let the draft get kick-started and then a deal gets made uh, in mid-swing. But um, that's the way my final mock's going to read, if uh, unless there's a surprise. But at this point, I'm pretty sure they're locked in the – to the Heisman Trophy winner. Well, and something that would be interesting to me, and I, God knows, there's probably this prop out there somewhere, but would it be too strange for Josh Rosen to be traded during the first round here on Thursday night? Like some team misses out on a quarterback that they wanted, and they say, well, you know what? Let's go ahead and try Josh Rosen. Because I don't know where Josh Rosen would be taken in this year's first round. I'm sure he would still be a first-round pick. But that's something that some team that misses out on a quarterback may end up doing, especially if Kyler, you know, does go number one as expected here. 
that could make for a pretty interesting Thursday night, I would think. And I, I think that would affect a lot of these props too, because I, if if I'm a, a team that's still in need, and, and, and as I said, you know, the picks start falling, that price tag starts dropping. I'm yeah, I'm definitely uh, giving the Kime bomb uh, a call on his phone there, and hoping uh, he hasn't started early in the day. Uh, sorry, no offense, Steve, but honest to goodness, that you mentioned, you know, where he'd be drafted this year. Uh, I love every year I do this for for all the positions. Uh, last year's class, next year's class, what I think it's going to be, and then present present group. Uh, well, Tyler Murray's the only one in my top ten uh, from this year's class. So that's that's and and Rosen, uh, I believe, uh, would be five. I mean, put two in the conversation, but no, I still hold Rose in a very high regard, and I gotta believe there's some teams that still uh, think of him that way. It's, I mean, there's there's some teams that obviously don't want anything to do with him. Other teams don't need quarterbacks, but uh, the way that guy spends it, I've just got a hard time believing there's a another uh, offensive coordinator or coach that doesn't want to get their hands on that kid. So it looks like the consensus opinion here, and again, the markets are suggesting this, and the markets do tend to be pretty predictive with these types of things. Uh, Kyler Murray, number one to Arizona. Number two on the board is the San Francisco 49ers, who have plenty of needs, obviously. Quarterback, not one of them, so long as Jimmy Garoppolo can finally stay healthy one of these years. Seems like the consensus opinion here is Nick Bosa. 50 out there at five dimes to be taken, second overall. A lot of people seem to expect him to be a top-two pick. Bet online has him minus 300 to go in one of the top two selections. Is that your expectation as well, Joe? Yeah, that's that's what I've got the 49ers doing, especially if he's available. I think they run to the podium. Um, that's the plan. Unless, you know, something haywire goes and Bosa's the first pick. But, uh, yeah, like I said, hard time believing that happens. Uh, Bosa's just – so special and I know that if there's any 49ers fans or uh, insiders there to listen well that's all they've done is take defensive linemen I realize that and I realize they picked up D Ford but I, I really think the Knicks he's a generational type player you know you don't see a pass rusher like this every every five years it's it's a 10 years kind of thing so you, you take that guy and be happy that he fell in your lap all right, so I think the number three slot is where things get really interesting. Obviously, with the Raiders and John Gruden, the fourth slot is fascinating. Tampa Bay's got a lot of rebuilding to do on really both sides of the ball, I think, just in terms of filling all the different holes that they have. They pick fifth, Giants sixth. Of course, there's a lot going on with the New York Giants and kind of wondering what they're going to do. I think one and two are pretty clear cut. I think anywhere from three on down, this thing becomes really, really intriguing. So, with the number three pick here, we've got some different odds, some different players. Over at Bet Online, they've got Josh Allen plus 200, Quinn and Williams also plus 200, Ed Oliver plus 250. You've got Nick Bosa plus 1,000, but he's probably going to go second overall. Dwayne Haskins plus 1,200, Drew Locke plus 1,400. Obviously, the Jets don't really need to take a quarterback with their situation, so I would be surprised if any of the quarterbacks go three. What do you think happens at three, and, and how do you think that sets up not just the rest of the top five, but the rest of the top ten as well? Uh, three, I agree. That's where just about any scenario could break down. I mean, I could see a number. I've got Quinn and Williams. I think that's who the Jets should take, but God's honest truth, I don't see the Jets making that pick. 
that's the real scary part about doing these mock drafts for accuracy is because the 49ers, the Jets, would not be surprised if both those two teams are uh, at the end of the day on Thursday. It's like, well, some other teams made those selections. So um, if I'm at that pick, I'm the Jets. I think Quinnen makes sense. But the big board, teams trading up, it it could be a trade-up for a quarterback. It could be a trade-up for just the right pass rusher. There's some teams super high on Josh Allen from Kentucky because he fits exactly what their scheme runs. So, uh, I think um, if I had to pick it specific, that's um, that's who I'd pick there at the slot, like sort of BPA. But if I had to match to the team, I don't know that the Jets would be all about uh, Josh Allen particularly. So, uh, yeah, three is just um, – I, I always like to stick to where the board's at and just – I'd I, I take Quinnen because, you know, that's talent. But, boy, that I agree with you. That's um, That's that – left, right, and then that next left step, boy, that could be anywhere. So, heck, it could be Devin White. It could be a different type pass rusher. So, uh, I'd go – if I had to pick the player, though, I'll just stick to that then, Josh Allen, uh, just like if if he's got the flat-out odds, that's where I'd go with him. Uh, But I'd stay away on that, picking the number three pick specifically because that one's tough. And then it could go anywhere from there. I've got it. Oakland Raiders four. That's my first wild card pick, uh, and it ties into my uh, one of my first props is uh, the, Drew Locke. I think is the second quarterback off the board. A lot of people were taken with Haskins. There's whispers about Daniel Jones, but uh, I, I think the Raiders they got to get a really up close and personal look at Locke in the Senior Bowl. They, I mean, just seeing how he works, seeing how he reacts with players. I'm. I'm counting not only on that, but the type of quarterback Locke is and how he might potentially be a Denver Bronco. It would satisfy the Raiders to, uh, I think, the utmost to just steal him right from uh, Denver and just pick him at four. We're also hearing in the reading the tea leaves, they, they've got a surprise pick at four. I think this could very well be that surprise pick. And then also, like I mentioned, uh, tying in with a prop, I'm not throwing a ton of money on this one by any means, but I think wherever it is, it's going to be in the plus that Drew Locke is the second quarterback off the board because the favorite's going to be Haskins, and then some other people are betting up Daniel Jones to be the spread. I think Locke, that's that's the really smart. If the, Like I said, the Raiders don't do it. The Broncos at 10 could do it. And then really, I think realistically, Haskins, his landing spot to me is, is Washington Redskins. Uh, he's like a Maryland area kid. He's had meetings with the team. Uh, I think that kind of fits their MO, but, uh, you know, been wrong before. But if I'm going to take a chance, like a little, just throw a little pizza money at one of these, I, I like Drew Locke as a second quarterback off the board. And these are like, I don't want to say half unit plays, but I-, I like to throw small plays that just go by my personal board because that's, that's my number two quarterback right now. That's who I would bet on, and so, you know, sort of a little money where your mouth is, but, you know, I, I also like to bet. It's if I lose a little bit of that on a plus pay, I'm not I'm not going to cry about it. Yeah, Drew Locke right now, plus 250 to be the second quarterback taken. I saw you got this at plus 270, so moving down mm-hmm. again with all the different reports and, and all the other things that are out there, uh, you know, Drew Locke draft position, is he taken 10th or higher over at Bet Online? The yes is plus 140, so... That's not a bad look either based on your assessments 
of the draft class, of the teams, of what they're talking about, with him possibly going to Oakland or maybe going to Denver there at 10. So uh, it looks like Drew Locke maybe a guy that you like. And, and it's interesting because, you know, overall, as you said, there's been a lot of talk about Haskins, a lot of talk about Daniel Jones. Everybody sort of likes the fact that he comes from that David Cutcliffe coaching tree, uh, the fact that, you know, he's got the measurables. Everybody loves measurables and goes ape shit for those here in the draft. Daniel Jones kind of has a lot of those things. People talking about Haskins, people talking about Jones, there has been very little talk about Drew Locke, and maybe that's by design. You know, maybe the Raiders are able to keep it under wraps. Maybe Denver doing a good job keeping it under wraps as well. Uh, so an interesting stance there from you, Joe. And I like that you are putting your money where your mouth is. And, you know, as we kind of look at the quarterbacks here overall, you know, sort of looking at quarterbacks selected in round one. This is a prop over at Bet Online right now. Over three and a half quarterbacks, minus 450, under three and a half quarterbacks, plus 275. You've got this over at DSI, over 435, under 265. So looks like at least four quarterbacks expected to be taken in the first round. What do you think about that, Joe? This is one I'm not going to throw a ton at it, but I'm going under. Uh, as I mentioned, just to preface this whole thing, I'm not nuts about this quarterback class, and I want to believe the league isn't nuts about it. Uh, I, I just, if I was going to bet against the position group of this whole draft class, as a matter of fact, it w- would probably be this quarterback group. Um, I, I think, if, if anything, uh, well, the running backs don't really knock me out either, but. Um, I just breaking it down. What is it? Six, seven teams max that could take a quarterback, and definitely the two teams with the multiple picks. But I, I, I just, I think it's either if it's not going to be Jones, I got a feeling maybe it's Haskins. But I, I want to say Jones at the end of it doesn't fall in the first. Um, that that that's what wouldn't surprise me there. So I, I, like I said, I'm not throwing a ton against it, but they keep raising that. Uh, more and more to the plus, then I'm I'm not only taking the under, but uh, sticking to my guns there. And this may be a case where don't try this at home. Joe may die with his boots on <laughs> thing, but uh, I just, I don't like this QB class. And that's, that's, that's one definitely where I'll, I'd like to throw just a taste on that under because uh, it just wouldn't surprise me at the end. It's like, oh, well, you know, top of day two is where Daniel Jones found a home. And it's like, yeah, because he's not exactly day one. It doesn't mean I don't like the kid. I think he can play. But, uh, yeah, I'd I'd rather uh, take the under on that and um, just see how it works out. Like I said, uh, not advisable. Don't try this at home kind of thing. Now, you mentioned, you know, you don't love the quarterbacks. You're not enamored with the running backs either. Uh, The wide receiver group, you know, it's kind of interesting, but it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of blue chippers there either. So something you are looking at here is you've got a pretty strong opinion on offensive and defensive players taken in the first round. Uh, It looks like the defensive side right now, most lines anywhere from 16 and a half to 17 and a half. Offensive players, 14 and a half or 15 and a half. How do you think it just first round kind of shakes out between defensive guys and offensive guys i it's going to be surprisingly close to the half split but i just i I see one of these quarterbacks dropping i see potentially one of these wide receivers not making it so i've got a max situation three to four qbs two to three wide receivers I, i believe the alabama running backs in 
I believe the two tight ends at the top, they find their way in. And then you got six offensive linemen, maybe more. We'll get into that as my favorite pro- – well, one of my faves. Uh, even at that, that, that gets you the max 16, I think. Because if some of those teams, they don't take the quarterback, they may go with the lineman. And if they don't take the lineman, they go with the wide receiver. I still think it's on one side of the ball in a lot of these teams' situation. Uh, you know, looking at you, Baltimore – uh, Tennessee, like the offense at any cost, I think, speed on that team. But uh, without breaking down the specific teams, I, I really think um, this is another one sticking to the board with talent available. There's just so many good edge rushers, so many good defensive linemen. Uh, the, the, the corners there, those two linebackers are going. I, I really think not only are we going to see uh, potentially 17 defenders, it could be more, and I, I just – and I think there's a reason, though, um, that uh, I, I, you know, kind of combed over three offshores. Uh, one of them, I believe, is bet online. They were they were all at fifteen and a half. They're now down to I think fourteen and a half for good reason because they're they're doing their own math uh, and seeing well, it's it, it, we may not even see sixteen. So I, I think uh, unders the way I go on that and feel pretty confident about it. So as we look at that, then another prop, and maybe this one's a little bit correlated here because we do tend to see teams reach sometimes for offensive linemen. They, they like the measurables. They like the athleticism. They'll figure, you know what, maybe he's not a tackle in the NFL, but we can put him at guard, or maybe he played guard, but I think he's got the footwork to play tackle. We tend to see teams that do reach from time to time to get some of those offensive line guys. But as you listed here in the notes that you sent over to me, you think we're going to see a very defense-heavy top 10 this year? I do. Uh, it, it, that's where, I mean, maybe we get the two quarterbacks, but I, I think that the edge rushers are going to run. I really I believe it, 5-2-9. That's where at least three of them go. The, the linebacker from LSU fits in that. The only one that's got me worried, uh, Hawkinson's going to find his way. Uh, he, he's probably going to get in there. And if I'm right and locks the surprise with Kyler, that makes three. All you need is uh, Jawan Taylor to, to, to wreck that party. So uh, it's a little dicier, and I believe that's still why it's um, – I've got that as, uh, yeah, it's not not like the full uh, hammer that one home, but I still believe that's one where you stick to your board because it, it's, it's looking like seven to me. Sweat, Burns fits in for me. I'm Maybe I'm crazy on that one, but if he doesn't, you've got Quinnen, you've got Josh, Nick Bosa, Devin White, there's uh, uh, Ed Oliver, Rashawn Gary's in the mix. Uh, I think there's just too many different options there. It's uh, I'd look at seven being the end uh, number. Now, granted, though, it's not like it's a super safe play because I don't see it being eight. Um, so uh, it, it's, you know, not completely out of the woods, but I definitely, I'm leaning. these Those uh, lesser plays, I'm sticking to uh, best player available on my board. Like I see it's definitely thick of defenders there, It's especially with the needs. Now, that's where it gets difficult still. It's the, the trading out options, what the Jets and 49ers do there. Uh, there's another team. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Tampa gets out of that pick as well, um, especially the Jets. They need to recoup picks. They, they, that trade they did with the Colts last year, move up to get Darnold, cost them a lot of second-rounders. They'd, I think they'd like to, to recoup for, for sure. 
Now, obviously, I know we're bouncing around the prop board quite a bit here. Defensive players selecting the first 10 picks over under six and a half. The under now minus 140, which is kind of interesting and maybe speaks to, as you mentioned, you know, some of the chatter about the quarterbacks, the chatter about the tight end, stuff like that. Obviously, we'll see how this all plays out. And, of course, think if a team's going to move up, and, and this is just me making a blanket statement if I'm dead wrong, please let me know. I feel like teams are a lot more inclined to trade up for offense than they are to trade up for defense. So maybe with all the chatter about teams trading up and down, you know, maybe the expectation here is that teams are going to go get their offensive guys that they want, but maybe settle for the second or third choice defensively if they're comfortable with staying put where they are. Oh, no doubt about it, especially when you're trading up in the top ten. Uh, a move like that is a costly move, so you're doing it to get the uh, answer to your franchise or a pass rusher. I mean, that's that's what what we saw last year, uh, one of the more costly moves. The Saints just moving up three spots. They gave up their 2019 first-round pick just to get Marcus Davenport, who died with that thumb injury. But yeah, point being, there are trade if there's other options in quarterbacks, it's it's an edge, the real flamethrower that teams get. But outside of that, yeah, it's it's usually franchise passer or uh, offensive tackle. Well, speaking of that, over under seven and a half draft day trades for the first round is a prop bet over at Bet Online right now. And part of me sitting here going, you know what? I think seven and a half is. I mean, eight's a lofty number for number of draft day trades for round one. But at the same time, with the level of this draft class and with, you know, as you mentioned, so heavy on edge rushers and defensive players, it does make you kind of wonder if we could see a very active Thursday night. So what do you think about over-under seven-and-a-half draft day trades for the first round? I mean, anything could happen. Like you mentioned, the, 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 the teams get itchy in the top if the, the right player falls. And then I think the, the, the big look ahead are those, those late 20s, uh, 24, 25, 26. You know, uh, who's getting Josh Jacobs? Uh, that's a team that may be itchy to trade for him. Uh, I think there's uh, some drop-offs and pivots. So, like, Eric McCoy team might that really want to get a piece of him that has to have their answer uh interior wise those linemen so i'd be willing to go under seven and a half just sounds like a lot it does i mean i maybe that's contingent on what white guy the patriots like at 32 i don't know maybe that's the one that uh that swings the balance of that prop bet there but let's talk about some guys that you know have gotten a lot of uh, a lot of chatter here over the last few days and sort of try to nail down their draft positions a little bit here. Let's start with Montez Sweat, who's draft position over under eight and a half over at five dimes right now, uh, eighth or earlier the way it's worded over at bet online. And you know, this is a guy that all of a sudden, it seems like he's kind of tumbling down the board a little bit, minus 400 to go outside the top eight uh, that over under eight and a half is now minus 450 or 400, excuse me, to go ninth or higher or ninth or lower, I guess it would be in this case. Um, I mean, is, is this well-founded news? I mean, is this a guy that probably will tumble a little bit on Thursday? Yeah, he's got a uh, heart murmur that's similar to the condition that Maurice Hurst uh, had from um, Michigan last year. The Raiders ended up taking him fifth round. Uh, the difference is, though, uh, her, uh, Sweat was diagnosed, but they allowed him to work out at the Combine, unlike Hurst and Sweat blazed the combine. Uh, his 
weight, I think, you know, close to 260, ran a 441. Uh, it just, just uh, some of the things he did are just super rare. Um, athletically, he's a phenom, but uh, teams, I have heard some teams just take him right off the board with this uh, heart condition. Still, uh, he's a first-rounder, but I think wisely these books are kind of uh, backing off him to, as a as a top-five potential pick. Um, let's see, my last mock, I had him at, at eight to the Lions. I think that's uh, right about where he's at, but still, I, I would not be surprised if a team like the Giants took him at six. I'm, I'm here, and they're not doing quarterback. At least. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. If you talk to Gettleman, it's crazy the way he talks, first of all. But secondly, he's just backing up Eli at every single opportunity. So I think uh, the, the Giants are in the market for sweat. If they've cleared him, they could take him. But uh, I've got it eight or later. So, yeah, that's a... That's a pretty sharp number. Um, I would uh, not be too keen on going under. Uh, there's just a lot of teams that do a ton of homework, and they got some high-paid doctors that know secrets we will never be privy to. So uh, it's tough with those medical guys, man. Um, that, that not only uh, Sweat, Caleb McGarry, the tackle from Washington, I'm a huge supporter of his game, but – Similar heart condition. I don't know that uh, if he's going to fall in the top 100 or not. And uh, man, it, it stinks because you know right now it's that uh, the medicals that we don't have. The, the, the newest one is Rashawn Gary's got a labral tear, and wh- how that's going to affect his stock. It's um, I, I mean I I really I would not be willing to say he beats this and and goes uh, ahead of of eight and a half. I, I think he is probably he's probably going to be right at that spot nine, ten, and, and if the team's sitting there past ten, he's still on the board. They're running to the podium. Yeah, and Gary was the next one I was going to go to. Their draft position over under now nine and a half at five dimes over minus two ninety. So another guy looks like he's kind of sliding down the board a little bit. We mentioned that this draft is, is not really great for skill position guys on offense. You've got some quarterbacks that could wind up being something. Looks like everyone's in consensus opinion that Josh Jacobs will be the only running back taken in the first round if he's taken in the first round at all, and he probably will be. But we've seen some teams here over the last few years. As the game has changed, as offensive players are having more liberties with you know pass interference calls and stuff like that, wide receivers have been worth their weight in gold in the draft Marquise Brown looks like probably the best one that's going to be out there uh, in this year's draft class. As you mentioned, there are some tight ends that are, you know, guys that are going to go off the board early, but what about Marquise Brown here? Because we know that teams will reach for athleticism. They'll reach for speed. They'll reach for game changing ability at the wide receiver position, seeing him 19th or earlier plus 200 to the yes minus 400 to the no Seeing his draft position over under 19 and a half over at five dimes. Where does Marquise Brown end up falling? I think he's in the 20s. 
I, were it not for the list Frank injury he's got right now, he would be uh, in the teens, borderline top 10 pick. That speed he's got, uh, I'm still dying to see a race between Kyler Murray and Hollywood Brown. Uh, my money's on Hollywood, but, you know, I've lost a bet before. But uh, 19 and a half, that's right around that range. Uh, wide receiver needy teams, why they put him there. I love how it's Pittsburgh sitting there at 20. I'm fairly confident they won't draft Antonio Brown's cousin, something tells me. But uh, the Titans, that's that's the team right there. They need speed in the worst way. I mean, they'd shoot somebody tomorrow for a guy that could run a 4-3. So I think that is definitely a fit. And then just even past them, Baltimore being such a needy team. I, I don't know that the Titans pull the cord. Uh, considering not only take Corey Davis so high, but, boy, they waited on Davis, and he had that injury. Are they going to draft an injured wide receiver kind of thing? I'd, I would definitely say uh, he's past that pick. Uh, he's he's getting drafted somewhere in the 20s. I think he fits in the first round, but um, that's where I get at with this wide receiver class. Like, you know, uh, Hollywood Brown's my number one wide receiver, and I get a bunch of grief for that, you know, but, there's holes to his game. There's holes to Akeem Butler's game. A.J. Brown's not complete. If I actually have to pick the most polished receiver in this whole class, it'd be uh, your guy, Debo Samuel from South Carolina, because I'm confident in a number of aspects of his game, and I can't say that uh, about any other wide receiver in this class outside of Terry McLaurin, Ohio State. Uh, I I really think that um, it is a tough wide receiver class, and that's why one of my props – I'm still going to throw a little dough against the under uh, two and a half wide receivers in the first round just because I don't I, – I think teams will, will think similarly. They'll see DK Metcalf and realize, well, this is just a bigger version of DJ Chark from last year at LSU. Like this guy, he runs four routes, maybe three. I, I, I don't see any polish to his game where, like I said, Samuel, uh, his teammate A.J. Brown – I think there's some polish to his game, but are any of these guys really day one, man? It's um, and you got to make a real strong case. And Hollywood Brown, it's going to be difficult for a, a team to spend a super high pick on a guy that might. Well, I know we've read good reports on his health, but if he's got to take a, a redshirt season, I don't think anybody'd be surprised. So that's. Uh, part of um, the danger of uh, Hollywood Brown's stock right now is, once again, we are just not privy to the those team doctors and what they're whispering in the ears of the general manager. Yeah, I mean, this is a tough one. You know, you got somebody like Jeffrey Simmons coming off the ACL. You've got Montez Sweat dropping down the board with the heart murmur. You've got Rashawn Gary going down the board. You've got Hollywood Brown, obviously, with his Liz Frank injury. You've got a lot of injury considerations. You've got all these trade considerations. I think this is a really tough year out there in the prop betting market. But to your point there, the under two and a half, still plus 130 over at DSI, down to plus 110 over at five dimes. Again, these are very liquid. They'll be moving around a lot. But you don't see many mocks. Three first-round wide receivers. I think that kind of speaks to what I was saying uh, previously in the introduction to talking about Hollywood Brown there, is that we just know that NFL teams have a propensity here with the current state of the game to reach for some of those wide receiver guys. And even though we're not seeing a lot of them mocked in the first round, the odds reflect, you know, sort of the mindset and the philosophies of these teams. And, 
know, that's why I think it's really interesting to look at here that we don't have three consensus first round receivers. And yet the over two and a half is juiced to the minus side everywhere you look. It's really, really interesting. And, you know, I, I, maybe it's just something where people are kind of making those educated guesses saying teams have been reaching for wide receivers. Why wouldn't they do it again? No, it is a good point. And like I said, Tennessee isn't the only one that are going to be merchants for speed at whatever cost. It's uh, you're right. It's a league wide fascination. So that, that adds to the intrigue of Brown because he is one of the few receivers in this class that's got that legit four, three and, and you, you almost don't even need the combine or it's just, you know, uh, we've got too much footage of him torching people. We know he's plenty fast. So I've, uh, that is going to add to his intrigue. All right, so let's look at some of these team and conference-specific ones because I think this stuff is pretty interesting. <laughs> Excuse me, interesting as well. You've got one listed here, Alabama players drafted. And obviously Alabama, always very, very popular here when it comes to the NFL draft, and deservedly so. I mean, they always have the best talent. They wind up getting their guys to the biggest games, all that kind of thing. Well, you sent this to me yesterday. The line was two and a half. Now it's up to three and a half where I'm seeing. So uh, obviously there's been a a lot of steam here uh, for Alabama players in the first round. The under three and a half now minus 180, over three and a half plus 140. Are we looking at exactly three Alabama guys going in the first round, Joe? That's how I'm playing it. Um, the uh, and I am sorry that the number changed. I, I played it, so I guess that's my only recourse. But uh, I have Quinn and Williams, Jonah Williams as locks. Uh, Josh Jacobs, I think that's pretty much gonna happen in the twenties, uh, right there. Like I meant that uh, the sweet spot of Oakland, Philadelphia, Indianapolis, right there. If if he survives that, I'd be shocked. So uh, there's three for sure. But then it's getting sticky now at the three and a half because my next Alabama player is Mac Wilson and maybe Irv Smith. But neither of those two guys have got uh, uh, round two grades on both of them. And I, I think a lot of teams are going to have uh, round two. Uh, I mean, Irv Smith's got the NFL bloodlines, real fabulous player, but I think I don't see him as a traditional why. I don't like the bulk. I don't see him blocking. So uh, that's not day one grade. Uh, Mac Wilson, I think there's some just liabilities out there in pass pro. Uh, sorry, Justin Gamble, if you're listening, but uh, it, I just I, I think it's exactly three on the nose. So I'd probably have to take the other side now that the numbers changed. And really, since it's, I think I took the. I took over two and a half at like minus 200 something. So I'll just take the under three and a half and middle at minus 180, I guess. I wouldn't be upset at that because, I mean, I know it's dangerous to say, no, it's exactly three. It will not change. But I don't see Irv Smith getting in. I don't see Mac Wilson. I don't see Deontay Thompson, the safety. There's just, they're good players, not great. So uh, I think we're landing at three Crimson Tide first rounders. All right, so we're about 25% of the way then to going over this prop. SEC players selected in the first round, over under 11.5, the over minus $1.50 right now. We just them coming from Alabama. Do we get 12, SEC, 12 or more SEC players here in the first round, Joe? That's tough. I added mine up. I think I was at 11 on the dot, and 
that's including Jeff Simmons, you know, with his off field. Maybe he doesn't land in. Uh, fortunately for the SEC, a lot of my alternatives would be SEC players. Uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson from Florida. It, it, you know, uh, A.J. Brown, I don't have him in the first round, but if it's not D.K., it could be A.J. So there's just two Ole Miss options there. Um, I would play under just just on the on the basis that it's going to be so close. I mean, if I had it at 12 with more options than – then it, 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 I, I, I want to go over, but at this point, it's, it's just going to be too close because there are some fringe guys. And you know, what if DeAndre Baker, Georgia, doesn't make it in? And then uh, one of your other options, like uh, DK Metcalf or AJ Brown, those two aren't first-round players. Like I'm kind of forecasting here, then, then it would. I think it would fall under. Uh, there's just too many oddball picks, you know, there's just some Pac-12 guys that could make it in, uh, Dalton Risner makes it in the first round, well, that that hurts your SEC cause there, so I'd, I'd stick to the under. All right, how about the ACC here, and we'll start with Clemson, who, I mean, look, at this point in time, they're on the same level as Alabama, I think all of us can agree to that, over under two and a half Clemson players in the first round, Joe, minus twenty on both sides. I've got it three. Uh, Cleland Farrell or Cleland Farrell, however he wants it to be pronounced, uh, Wilkins, and then I, I know Lawrence had the the PEDs and all of that, but that that guy just moves the pocket. I I think that as as the last few weeks have you know removing these pro days and now his stock's really starting to take a little bit more of a hike. Um, rough way to end his college career, but I, I think he's day one. So. There, that, that he's he's basically the question mark for me because Wilkins, uh, Farrell, the, they're going. Um, I have Lawrence in, in day one, and it's it's another one of those situations kind of similar to Simmons. If it, It's got to be a team that, you know, just slides them in at the end of day one. But, yeah, I think three will happen. All right, so then the conference as a whole here for the ACC, over under five and a half, the under minus 200, it seems like this kind of hinges on where Daniel Jones ends up going. Does somebody like Garrett Bradbury in the first round? Because we know we're probably going to have the three Clemson guys. It's all a matter of who makes up the other three to get over that total. So what do you think about five and a half ACC players over under? I think I've got it right at five. Uh, Burnsy, Florida State, uh, Bradbury, I've got my three Clemson boys, and then, as you mentioned, then it'd be, uh, does Daniel Jones get in? Uh, Boy, I'm terrible at these conferences sometimes. Uh, Yeah, I'd play that one under, too. Better safe than sorry. Um, Of course, I'll be eating eating crow if uh, Jones gets in there, because I am confident if Bradbury's a first-rounder, I think those three Clemson kids and Burns, so I I know it's, it's a solid five. It's just, as I mentioned, I'm kind of against the quarterbacks, uh, feel them falling. That's, that's where I'd be leaning, but man, that uh, five and a half is a, that's, that's a tricky number they put the, up there. Yeah, it is. And obviously again, juice to the under, because it, it does seem like in a lot of ways, you know, maybe Drew Locke is the guy that jumps over Daniel Jones, Dwayne Haskins, obviously. I mean, you know, with Haskins, talent and that arm, someone's going to take a first round shot on him. So, you know, if a quarterback needy team already has Locke, Haskins, and then obviously Kyler Murray going number one, is there a spot there for Daniel Jones? 
does somebody move up from their second round pick, give up some sort of asset next year to gamble on Daniel Jones? I don't know. That's what the fun is here of the NFL draft. There are a lot of fun things about the NFL draft, but that's certainly one of them. A couple more prop bets I want to pick your brain about here. And, uh, you know, I wish I had done a little bit more in advance of this so I could give you some advance notice on this one. But I've seen this one getting some run out there in the Twitter community with a lot of people that I respect, non-FBS players. So FCS, D2, D3, uh, you know, wherever else they come from here in this thing, non-FBS players selected in the draft over under 18 and a half, the over minus 150. And I think that this is interesting for a few different reasons. One, I think it's a commentary on how scouting and talent evaluation is evolving because you're getting deeper and deeper into looking at D2 and D3 programs. I'm sure you know this. I'm sure you've noticed this in your coverage at NFL Draft Bible over the last few years that you probably are putting more D2, D3, and FCS guys on your list than you previously did. And the other is that maybe this kind of speaks to the overall weakness of the draft with regards to FBS players. So what do you want to add to that with the over-under 18 and a half non-FBS, which is Division One A players, taken in this draft? It's a, it's a glorious uh, aspiration, but I don't, I don't think we make it that high. I've got uh, – and it, it is. They're looking far and high and low. I mean, it, it, any prospect is, is eligible, so you really do have to do your homework. Um, I've been really uh, killing it on the wide receiver small schools. I think there's a ton out there. Uh, I love the Ashton Doolin from Malone. Uh, my favorite small schooler is uh, Damien Jean-Pierre from Nickel State. Shout out to Lardarius Webb. Uh, th- th- that kid is the Hotel Beckham of the Southland Conference, I think. Um, but as far as the whole number, I've got two, maybe three FCS players in the top 100, uh, Adderley from Delaware and then Colin Saunders, Western Illinois. If if you all listen, don't know about him, just Google Colin Saunders backflips and enjoy. This 300-pound man does 10 standing backflips. It's just fascinating. Um, there's a corner from South Dakota State, Sue Opeta from Weber State, and then Trey Pipkins. I think uh, those, those five – they're getting drafted. Um, and then Jazz Ferguson, Jalen Ferguson's little brother, uh, he was at LSU and then ended up at Northwestern State. Uh, there's a corner from Washburn, Corey Ballantyne. Um, but and then Ole Udo for the Elon tackle. Uh, there's John Kaminsky from Charleston. But I, I think that just there's a cutoff at some point to where I think 14 or 15 get drafted 18 and a half. I mean, that's almost making it to 20. That's an awful high number. I mean, that's then, then guys like Easton sticker getting drafted, which I don't think's happening. Steven Denmark, maybe that Dalagala from central Connecticut state. Um, there's just, there's a cutoff at, at the number. I think that's uh that, that, that prop is there optimistically. And that numbers, I think that's just a little too high. Uh, I, I, I play under that. All right, so obviously a lot of these props relative to the first round on Thursday night, but I want to give you the floor here to talk about some of the guys that you like, some of the guys with some helium in your mind that you've scouted, that you appreciate their skill sets or their intangibles or whatever else, maybe some surprise guys to sneak into the first round, or just your dudes, you know, your guys that you're going to go to battle with 
uh, you know, that you talked about for the 2019 draft class. And, you know, whether you're going to be right or wrong on them, you know, we don't know that until a few years down the line. But who are some of the guys that, that Joe Everett really likes here, whether they sneak into the first round or just guys that, uh, you know, you've got high hopes for? Terry McLaurin, Ohio State. I ride or die with the kid from Cathedral. Uh, he's had one of the best draft can seasons he, can I can he remember. Can he get into the first round? Can he actually be a first-round guy or no? I would love it if it happened, but I will not have him in my first-round mock. I, I, he is a great, great player. And all around, like I said, this, when we were talking about these wide receivers and how many holes, I don't think there's holes in Terry's game, but uh, – He's going to be a popular player on day two of the draft. The teams are like, wow, I didn't think he'd go that high. I did. I've got him rated higher than Paris Campbell because right now he runs more routes than Paris Campbell. He is a phenomenal blocker, and I believe that's not exactly a strength in Campbell's game. And then he is a special teams demon. As a gunner, he's a violent tackler. I just love the physical brand of ball he plays, the pro he is, just talking to him. Uh, like, you, you, you would think you're talking to a five-year NFL veteran. Um, that that guy, uh, I would not be surprised for, you know, 10 years later, it's like, yeah, man, Terry McLaurin, what a pick that turned out being for this team and how, how well they did with him. It's uh, That's one guy I, I think he's destined for success. I will confess that I'm biased. Uh, that you know he went to Cathedral, Northside Indianapolis, and I'm I'm very upset that he didn't go to Notre Dame. That's Tony Alford's fart, uh, fault. Uh, he was uh, he was was at Notre Dame and Ohio State, in their wisdom hired him away. He's a great recruiter, and uh, well, the rest is history. So uh, I, I think that wide receiver, really Ohio State's whole class. I'm not trying to throw Haskins under the bus here, but he's throwing to pros. Uh, Dixon's a pro. Campbell is a phenomenal athlete. Terry McLaurin, get ready for next year because Victor Benjamin is like a carbon copy of A.J. Green. K.J. Hill can play. They've got a guy, Javon Grimes, that's a ball. Well, no, I shouldn't get carried away on next year's Ohio State, but, like, there's so many, so much talent around that kid. It's just like you couldn't help but fall forward into some stats. Um yeah, I think that Ohio State wide receiver crew is uh, just oozing with talent. And then um, I'd say that center from North Carolina State, Bradbury, that we just brought up, that's that's one of the finest linemen in this class. He's a former tight end, uh, just excellent athlete. And another one, I may put too much stock in it, Adam, but the interviews at the Combine, at the Senior Bowl, on, on the whole trail, uh, he – sounds like a guy that's already been in the league uh it just uh, not only fielding questions how he carries himself and that's a guy that strikes me you know he walks into a locker room uh the rest of the guys are going to be embracing him he's like no that's one of the dudes uh we're ready to play with this guy and that's that's who you want to bring in and i think he's going to have a ton of success and then we already talked about the south carolina receiver debo samuel uh, i I don't see anything but success for him. As long as the injuries don't haunt him, he's just going to be a fabulous player. I, I think if anyone's watched South Carolina games, they'll know exactly what you're getting with him. And then I'd, I'd close it out. Um, uh, probably that edge rusher burns, man. I like what I see. I know some people say he's a little too lightweight and all he does is run and bend, but that's, 
still like very special in the league. And if you're listening right now, just Google Brian Burns Combine and watch this kid work out. You won't be sorry. It's not a waste of time. It, it is just amazing at that length how coordinated he is and uh, the potential. You can definitely see what kind of upside. And to me, that's what the draft's about. You know, we don't know. No no one's got the answers. It's a guessing game. I'm going to flat out admit we're all throwing darts. It's, it's We're drafting profiles, upside and what these guys could be in the right situation, in the right think tank, with the right, you know, time given. Uh, but, yeah, that burns. Boy, he just looks like, something I don't know that the league's seen. If uh, he gets in the right scheme, gets with the right coaching, he could develop into a real blue-chip pass rusher at the next level. He's already a great collegiate player. I think that's a guy um, teams should be salivating. He's not as uh, blue-chip pedigree as, as, as Nick Bosa, but, uh, boy, Burns could be just a rare player. I'll put you on the spot one last time here, Joe, and then we'll wrap things up. What about you? You mentioned some guys, some small school guys, FCS, D two, D three. What about some small school D one guys? Some of the Group of Five conferences, Sun Belt Conference USA, uh, you know that type of thing, Mountain West. Anybody stand out there that you know um, that maybe isn't getting a whole lot of buzz that you do like? Well, uh, Ali Madison, Boise State, that running back there. Uh, I think he's getting overlooked by a lot of people. Uh, it's a lot to like about him. He's thick built well proportioned. I think 221 at the combine. So, I mean, that's, that's plenty, but outstanding receiver, lots of spring in his jump cuts and anybody that was uh, putting a little bit on Boise, they were doing uh, good covering. Uh, that wasn't all Mr. Rippin. I, I think that Madison took some games over. He's just really tough to tackle. And that's a guy the end of games he's running the same 40 no he's not you know uh, a great distance runner he may get caught from behind but that that high four fives that he's running in the first quarter he's still running that in the fourth quarter that's the kind of conditioned athlete he is I think uh, we're looking at uh, a Jay Ajay type with a cleaner medical report and a little less wear and tear uh, I think Madison's one um and then uh, I'll just turn non-power five. I'm going small school again. I've got one kid from Walford, Miles Brown, real zero technique. And that's one, if anyone's watched Baltimore Ravens and seen Michael Pierce with those thick thunder thighs, this is what Miles Brown is. Uh, Spartansville, South Carolina, I think, those Walford Terriers. Uh, just real, uh, love how he moves, penetrator, plus pass rushing ability. And I don't think that that's one – He's going to be like a priority free agent, but he's going to play in the league. I'm, I'm very confident of that one. Joe Everett was working and find over at NFL Draft Bible, final mocks, all kinds of stuff going on. What do you guys have coming up here? What have you already done, and what's coming up here over the two days prior to the draft? Well, the labor of love this year has been the, the NFL Draft Bible itself. We're back in publication for the first time, and it's been eight or eight or nine years, but uh, I'm looking at it in its, in its, all its luster and glory, 1,000 plus or 100 plus exclusive interviews, 1,000 players ranked, 400 plus scouting report. It is not too late to get your copy. Um, just hit me up on Twitter. You can find it at NFL Draft Bible, NFL Draft Scout. We're collaborating this season, so uh, 
it's great to have that uh, sort of uh, accompaniment for this year's draft uh, in full effect this year. But yeah, we're we're, we're back on for next year, uh, getting a guide going again, and then also we will be putting out a uh, prospectus uh, for this next coming college football season too. So the work never stops at uh, at the Bible. Yeah, and you can follow Joe on Twitter at Joe W Everett. Make sure you hit him up to take a look at that NFL Draft Bible this year. Joe, always a pleasure, man. Good to get you back on the program. Good to chat with you a little bit. Uh, Love your draft coverage, man. You guys have done a fantastic job. And uh, we'll talk to you again when we get closer to football season. All right. Sounds like a plan, my man. There you go. There's Joe Everett from NFL Draft Bible, at Joe W. Everett on Twitter, and at NFL Draft Bible. I'll have another edition of the Betters Box, my MLB betting podcast, coming up here on Thursday. So definitely keep an eye out for that. Also, we'll chat some UFC on Friday uh, with Christian Pina of the Sports Gambling Podcast, our UFC writer at bangthebook.com. That'll do it for me. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Thanks to Joe for joining me on the show, and I'll talk to you again on Thursday.